0: If you're 100% impatient, you'll give up at the first thing in this podcast and never make it to where you want to go.
1: So what you just heard there was a snippet of a computer-generated dialogue that was created through AI. Now, before we get into what that is in this episode, I'd like to thank you all for tuning into to another episode of Push Start. We were powered through Enactus for and we recently became a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, so, a major kudos to Dale and everyone else who's a part of that network. I'm your host, Levi Perro. And
2: I'm your host, Tal Hababar. So, in this episode, we're doing things just a little bit differently. Um, we don't really have a, a, a
1: guest this time, but we're going to be talking about some some really interesting stuff. Some stuff that might be a little bit out of the mainstream for what we've done. It's a bit of a departure, really.
2: It's 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 really like a... It's kind of like a, like a blanket kind of topic it, it applies to businesses it applies to politics it applies to just generally everything or day-to-day lives
1: for some of you guys it might already apply yeah
2: yeah it's it's actually really out there and uh the topic we're
1: discussing today is uh is artificial intelligence so just kind of to get everyone on par with what we're talking about when we refer to ai or artificial intelligence um, essentially what it is is any sort of computer program that's designed to learn that's designed to intelligently react to things rather than just following a set of programs, rules, you know, Mm -hmm. um, a key component of AI, and this is going to become more and more important as the systems advance is the Turing test. Now what that essentially is, is a way to determine whether or not a computer can passively mimic a human being in terms of communication. Now, the way that this test is kind of conceived is that you have a subject who's sitting in a room and there's two adjacent rooms, one with a computer, one with a human. And they're both asked questions, and their responses come through text messaging. Now, the idea is that if the computer is able to mimic a human well enough that the interviewer cannot determine which is the computer and which is the human, we would say that it's passed the Turing test. It's literally so intelligent that we can't tell the difference between it and a human. Right. So
2: the, the main component is that we want AI to fail the Turing test, right? Because we don't want it to be indistinguishable, uh, indistinguishable from, like, humans. Unless that's, like, what we're going for.
1: Yeah, so, there's a whole whole lot of ethical implications behind that, though.
2: Yeah, and, and we're going to be, like, looking into that a little bit more this episode. But uh, the the point of, like, failing the uh, the Turing test is what makes uh, uh, an AI... I'm assuming that's what makes it commercially, you know, like, sellable? Like, uh,
1: yeah, I don't know how palatable it would be to have a full-on human simulation being sold as a commodity exactly yeah so on that note though i actually
2: have some really really interesting stuff i'm gonna play a snippet here real quick of uh of this uh thing by google it's called google duplex and uh, essentially what the ai is is it's seamlessly in the background uh what it's gonna do is it's gonna uh it's it's gonna do things for you it's a virtual assistant right but it's done in it's it's actually really crazy. You know, I, I, don't want, I don't want to spoil anything too much for you, but all you guys need to know is that uh, what you're hearing is uh, an actual computer. Um, it's, it's the Google Assistant uh, calling a hair salon to book an appointment for their owner. So essentially what it is is that you'd be like, hey, okay, Google, uh, book me a hair appointment for 12 p.m. You know, Monday. So much you're not spoiling it, I guess. Uh, well, but <laughs> I, I
1: just want them to know, because it's actually so hard to distinguish which one is the human and which one's not. A, yeah, like if you, if you had no idea that we were talking about AI team, we just played this snippet with no context. You'd be like, what's this about, right? Well, what What is this person doing? But, so are they interviewing a hair salon
2: person today? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, no, just, just know the person calling is not a human being, okay? That's the main thing. So I'm going to play a video real quick and uh, yeah. It's also going to be on our Facebook and our Twitter. So if you want to have a look at the whole thing, uh, you can go on there and look at it.
1: So. so what you're going to hear is the Google Assistant actually calling a real salon to schedule the appointment for you. Let's listen.
0: Hi, I'm calling to book a women's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like, what service is she looking for? Just a woman's haircut for now. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. Okay, what's your first name? The first name is Lisa. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, great. Thanks, great. Have a great day,
1: bye. So, essentially, I, I feel like we just intruded on someone's life here.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was that's really, really
1: uncomfortable to listen to because it's like... Could you, could you tell that was a human being? No, it had all the little, like, the ums, the ahs, the little idiosyncrasies of human speech. I'm sure if we were to listen to it again, we could probably even hear, like, little breaths, that little bit of inhale that people have before they speak.
2: Yeah, they, they really went, like, real, real far into it, right? It was just, like, it, it was doing the mm-hmm, and some of them made people laugh, but it's kind of scary how... Uh, <laughs> How real that sounded.
1: Yeah, that's, if I were on the other receiving end of that, there's no way. There's simply no way I would have picked up that that was not a human. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I, I didn't, I, I, when, I, when I first clicked
2: on it, I didn't expect it to sound, you know, as real as it does. Um, but that was a virtual assistant. You know, th- there's another thing uh, I want to bring into perspective a little bit. So it's not just, it's not just that, um, you know, they can sound like humans, uh, but, you know, just just talking, breathing, uh, stuttering, and ums and ahs. Isn't what makes us human. It makes it. It's what makes us sound human, right? But what really makes us human, I think, is uh, being able to process information and having like unique responses and you know the the, the general dynamic of a, like communication, right? Mm-hmm. The,
1: the the notion of understanding rather than merely responding. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, Just like you said, right? Input
2: output versus. You know, input, understanding, interpreting, analyzing, and then and then coming up with an output. And then yeah, that,
1: there's a difference between having a conversation with someone and understanding, listening, formulating responses based mm-hmm. on that, versus just kind of responding with, yeah, oh wow, that's crazy, yeah. cool. Any, you know, that's kind of the same principle that we applied here.
2: Yeah. So, uh, Facebook actually um, did this experiment with uh, some of their uh, uh, with a chatbot or something like that. And um, so they had two chatbots talking to each other, right? And uh, what they were supposed to do was, uh, they were supposed to trade bats, balls, and books, right? They, they were supposed to be having like a, like a trade, like negotiated like a, trade.
1: Like a bit of a buy and sell interaction.
2: Kind of, yeah. Like I'm assuming that must have been something to do with their like Facebook marketplace thing that they've started up a while back. Um, so one of this, one of them was um, trading, a, I think a hat, and the other one was uh, had balls or books, something like that right and uh what happened was instead of them following a pattern right where uh, they were just talking to to each other they created their own language right really yeah so it was it's really weird i have the transcript over here but essentially what happens is that they take the english language and they they turn it around a little bit they make it like it doesn't make any sense to understand to us but uh the people that were watching over them Like observed, like an obvious like pattern. They were definitely like communicating with each other. So it goes like this: Bob, I can I I everything else dot dot dot. Alice, balls have zero to me 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 right. And Bob says, you I everything else. Alice, balls have a ball to me to me to me to me to me. Bob, I I can I I I everything else. Alice, balls have a ball to me to me to me to me. Bob, I, dot, dot, dot. Alice, balls have zero to me, to me, to me, to me. <laughs> and it just goes on, right? Uh, Alice, balls have zero to me. And Bob, you, I, everything else. Alice, balls have zero to me, to me, to me. So uh, clearly you can hear there's kind of a pattern going on over here, right? It sounds like they're uh, communicating. And um, to me personally, what I think this is, it, it kind of sounds like uh, like binary, you know? Well, that's what I
1: was thinking too, because it's, uh, it's such simplistic characters like the to me to me to me to me yeah it's just little simple phrases little snippets and clauses that are repeated yeah and then that seems to formulate the language i mean i'm not a computer expert i don't understand the ai so i could be totally wrong on that exactly but yeah that's just what it looks like from observation
2: i um so the really interesting thing i guess maybe before we move forward is uh, computers communicate in in binary. Right. So a binary is like, a, I don't know if you've ever seen like the matrix and stuff like that, but it's a zero one zero zero one zero. And that's the languages commu- a computers like communicated. right? It's just a bunch of offs and ons. Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. So um I'm assuming that's possibly what they were doing here. But as, uh you know, people who invented this, right. So we're the, we're the race that created these things we don't know what they're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. They looked into the code. They looked at, you know, the conversation, the transcript. We don't know if the trade was successful. We don't know if uh, the negotiation, uh, like, went through. But something happened. They were talking to each other. For all we know, Bob was lowballing. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. So um, that was, that's kind of crazy. Because um, after seeing that, they actually shut the experiment down right away. So... um, Well, that'd be a pretty creepy day at work if I had that happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. there's a, few, there's a few other things like um, this guy, uh, so Twitter user Keaton Patty, uh, he's a writer at The New Yorker, Marvel, The Onion, Comedy Central, and uh, McSweeney's. Uh, That's quite the resume. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he got an AI to watch um, a thousand hours of uh, Batman movies, so he forced an AI to watch a thousand hours of Batman movies, and then he told it to, to generate a script. So uh, do you want me to read this or do you want to read this out loud? Uh you go right ahead. I okay, think. okay.
1: You're the one who's read it before. Alright. This is all new to me.
2: So it starts off, right? Uh, I'll, I'll just read it like verbatim. So Batman stands next to his Batmobile and uses his Bat computer. He's sometimes Bruce Wayne, sometimes Batman. All times Orphan. <laughs> oh,
1: cool, that that's gotta
2: Batman. This is now a safe city. I have punched a penguin into prison. Alfred, Batman's loyal battler, <laughs> carries the tray of Goth Ham. Computers are at the point where they have puns now? I, I guess so. Yeah. Oh. Goth ham future and really, battler.
1: Future really is to me now.
2: <laughs> Alfred, eat a dinner, ma- mattress Wayne. <laughs> An explosion explodes. The Joker and Two Face enter the cave. Joker is a clown, but insane. Two Face is a man, but attorney. <laughs>
1: oh that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, arch nemesis. <laughs> Batman. No, it is Two-Face and One-Face. They hate me for being a Batman. <laughs> Batman. Throws Alfred at Two-Face. Two-Face flips Alfred like a
1: coin. Alfred lands. Heads up, which means Two-Face goes home. For, the, for those of you who are listening, this is probably the absolute best use of AI to date. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think the business community will ever be, find a way to use it that is more productive than what we're doing here. Yeah,
2: yeah. Screw uh, Tesla's autonomous vehicles and, you know, all that stuff. This is this is where it's really at. Absolutely. <laughs> improved Batman scripts. And Batman responds to that. It is just you and I, the Joker, Bat versus Clown,
1: moral enemies. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is just like the language of the gods here, guys. The Joker. I am such a freak.
2: Society is bad. You drink water. I drink energy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Batman. I, drinks bat- I drink bats just like a bat would. <laughs> Batman looks around for his parents, but they are still dead. This makes him have anger. He fires a bat rocket. The Joker deflects it with his sixth sense of humor. A clownly power. (laughs) The Joker. I have never followed a rule. That is my rule. Do you follow? I don't. Syntax error. (laughs) Batman. Alfred. Give birth to Robin. Alfred begins the process since it is his job. The Joker now has a present in his hand. (laughs) He juggles it over to Batman.
1: The Joker. Happy bad day birthman <laughs> can i be honest for a second here what i don't think i ever expected that we'd be reading some of like this while on air for the podcast me neither but this uh, is definitely not <laughs> what i expected
2: yeah the joker goes happy bat day birthman batman opens the present since he's a good guy um, it contains a coupon for new parents but has expired <laughs> this is yeah, a joker that's, joke This really stings <laughs> Yeah, there's a bunch of these. If you go on his uh, his uh, Twitter, he has like a like a Bob Ross one, an Olive Garden, mm-hmm. um, the commercial. I want to
1: say that there was a SpongeBob one as well, but I could be making that up.
2: Yeah, there's like there's like heaps. Um, but it's really cool. There's a Donald
1: Trump speech one that was pretty funny as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I saw that one. But uh, yeah, that was an example of uh, AI generating a script solely after watching a thousand hours of uh, of Batman movies and shows and stuff like that. I'm assuming. That's,
1: well, yeah. And AI has uses beyond just creativity, beyond just development. I mean, a large part of AI is trying to develop neural networks, computer networks that function the same way as the human or animal brain. And while we were doing a little bit of preliminary research for this episode, um, I found out about one a particular AI project, which is called Deep Dream. Now what Deep Dream is, is it's a program that's aimed at image recognition. Basically what that means is that humans, animals, biological beings are able to look at an object. And even if it doesn't necessarily resemble other instances of that object, they know what it is. For example, if you see a car that is pink and you've never seen a pink car, you can still identify that it's a car, even Mm -hmm. though it has traits and characteristics that are unusual. Right. Now, computers currently aren't at the level where they can do that. They can't, you know, if they've only been exposed to pictures of wooden chairs, they won't be able to recognize a lazy boy recliner. They won't, they'll see it as a totally separate object. Right. So what Deep Dream aims to do is train computers and train AI to recognize images and photos, recognize images and videos. And while we were doing some of the research for this, we actually found some pretty, I'm not going to lie, they were kind of disturbing videos. Mm. I, I showed you some of them. Yeah, yeah. They, we'll,
2: we'll be posting quite a few of these on our uh, Facebook and uh, and uh, YouTube.
1: or Sorry, not our YouTube, our, our Twitter. But for those of you who are too lazy to do that, I'll just describe it a little bit. Yeah. Essentially what it was was a phantasmagora, for lack of a better term, of... A phantasmagora. A phantasmagora. There's your word of the day. Yeah, what is that? (laughs) What's a phantasmagora? If you saw the pictures, that's a phantasmagora. (laughs) But essentially what it was was just an absolute mashup of images, colors, just shifting shapes that the computer was trying to recognize. It's still in the early stages. We're still a long ways off. But Mm -hmm. we already see examples of that kind of network in play. Um, Any of you who are on social media occasionally, you might see a post that's blocked due to graphic content. Maybe it's pornography, maybe it's something violent, but it'll be blocked or covered and that you need to actually go an extra step to access it. Right. That's an example. They use AI to detect images or content that could potentially be controversial or offensive and then flag them as such. Right,
2: yeah. I actually, I always wondered how they do, uh, you know, like, because, uh, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure Instagram right now is the biggest uh, social network in the world, right? And uh, they have, a, I think, somewhere over, some, somewhere close to, like, a, few billion users or something it's crazy Mm -hmm. Um, and those are just the users i'm assuming you know every single one of them has multiple multiple posts a day so so this is a this is an example of where like ai is super super applicable right we see it in our day-to-day lives like everyone that's been on instagram long enough probably saw one of those like uncover video or uncover photo like uh like things so mm -hmm. yeah
1: no it's it's pretty common that's fairly low level image recognition AI, mm-hmm. but where this is kind of going from what my research showed was that their science was really pushing to be able to necessarily look at images and instantly determine what's in them, just kind of take stock of what's there. Right. That's still a ways off. Humans do it effortlessly in our day-to-day life, but computers are just not quite there yet.
2: Right, yeah, that really, really like weird video you showed me of like Bob Ross, is that is that part of this? or uh, Yes, that is actually, right. yeah. Yeah, so something that caught my attention, and uh, I've been thinking about this. Uh, so while we were uh, looking into some things, doing a little bit of research before we uh, put this podcast out, um, you said you said something that uh, about Elon Musk, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a huge Elon Musk fan. I, I follow him all the time. Like I, everything he, you know, I'm just I'm just on top of everything that he's uh, he's got to say and stuff like that. And he's got a, a really strong opinion on uh, on AI, and you know, for someone who uh, is developing. Uh, self-driving autonomous like vehicles. Um, he's got a he's got a certain view on AI that uh, that's very intriguing. So I think he's
1: taken a very measured approach. He recognizes right. that it's useful, but he's very cognizant of the dangers. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I actually found a quote while we were doing some research from Elon Musk, and bear in mind this quote is from 2014. This is not a recent quote. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> the pace of progress in artificial intelligence is incredibly fast. Unless you have direct exposure to groups like DeepMind. You have no idea how fast it is growing, and that's at a pace close to exponential. The risk of something seriously dangerous happening is in the five-year time frame, ten years at most. Unquote. Whoa, that was from twenty fourteen. So we're in that era now. We, we are in the dangerous era of AI, according to Elon Musk.
2: Well, well yeah, you, you know what? Like, if you uh, if you if you read the news um, as uh, as often as I do, you you, you probably see uh, AI mentioned a few times. It's it's, it's quite uh, it's quite common, you know um and the amazon alexa for example right is becoming more and more common you see it in households uh more often than you would have you, you would have thought right when it came mm-hmm. out everyone was like ah, yeah, i guess it's a cool gimmick but like you see it around now so ai is becoming very very applicable and very uh uh you know relevant to to, to our lives in like this day and time period so mm-hmm. um, it's rapidly
1: becoming very ubiquitous
2: yeah yeah no it definitely is um so it, it's it's very um it's starting to have like an effect, right, on people like jobs. It's got a political presence now, stuff oh, like absolutely. that. Absolutely,
1: governments, um, ec- economists, businesses—they're all starting to really gear their new long-term plans and approaches to AI. It's no longer something that's oh, it's in the future. Let's worry about that. It's now. It's now. The future is now, and we need to be careful where it's going now.
2: Yeah, so, I don't know if you've uh,
1: if you guys have heard about deepfakes, um, but deepfakes
2: are something that. Uh, like it's something you've seen. Uh, if you use Snapchat, you probably know what uh, what the concept I'm talking about here is. But I'll try to like really, really like uh, you know uh, break it down. Uh, so what deepfakes are is uh, they, they it's it's essentially taking an image and then superimposing it onto uh, another image, right? So through motion tracking and um, just some super tech techy stuff, uh, I should say. Photoshop on steroids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what What AI will do is that it will detect. Uh, so, like, let's say, for example, um, I don't know. Give me some, like, um, uh, Sylvester Stallone, right? He's got a face, right? Like we all do. Oh what? I, this is new to <laughs> me. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. No, he's just a slender man. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. So Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone, he's got a face, and um, I have a face, right? And what deepfakes can do is that they can take Sylvester Stallone's face, put them onto my face and I can say whatever I want or do whatever I want. Right. And uh, it's going to look like um, not as jacked uh, Sylvester Stallone doing, you know, things. (laughs) It's very misleading. Right. You can use that for like, uh, it it could be really like uh, morally. You know, questionable. Yeah, like the, what if Sylvester Stallone's not okay with me? You know, like he's like lactose intolerant, and then I have a video of me as a deep fake of Sylvester
1: Stallone drinking like chocolate milk. You know? Yeah, there's already there's already talk about what the implications is going to have for politics. You know, mm-hmm. we already live in an age where media outlets are constantly contested. We live in an age where there's a lot of uncertainty in things. Right. So if there are, say, a clip of a politician saying something very controversial. Or making a promise that they, in, in truth, did not make. Mm-hmm. This opens a whole new door of fake news, so to speak. So I think the political implications of deep fakes and AI in general are huge. Yeah, no,
2: they're very, very concerning. Uh, deep fakes aren't. So it started off at deep fakes, right? Uh, deep fakes were taking off a little bit. People were like, okay, so this is a thing, and you see it every day. It's uh, it's Snapchat filter. It's it's, it's essentially like uh, smart Snapchat filters. So. It's uh, very, very concerning, but it's come to a point where um, deepfakes no longer just are visual, but they're also audible. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the beginning, just taking it back a little bit, right, um, to the very, very uh, beginning of this episode, uh, the person that you heard talking was uh, someone that's never, we don't know who that person is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know whose voice that is, but that sounded like a real human being saying what they were saying. and it they might said, be no one's voice. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, and uh, so deep fakes are, are, are becoming so smart is that what they'll do is they'll analyze a voice, right? So for example, Donald Trump or like someone like that, right, they'll analyze a voice and uh, using like voice samples and it's gonna recreate um, that voice. So it, it, it's, it's this um, thing called Learbird, right? And it took off for a while. It's still uh, in, in its beta testing phase, but what, what they've got is this thing called Overdub, right? And what Overdub does is that it uh, analyzes audio and essentially you can say, you can make someone say anything they want, anything you want in their voice. So it would analyze Donald Trump's voice. And if I wanted to say, I like chocolate milk, I can get him to say, I like chocolate milk, even if he's never said it in his entire life.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about Donald Trump's milk preferences personally, <laughs> but if you were to pair that with say the deep fake technology from the visual perspective, right. you could theoretically com- create an entirely artificial clip of a public figure saying something.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's very concerning. That's when the ethics and
1: the morality of it, they become really, really um, questionable, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe paired with that uh, script writing bot that you talked about earlier, if it ever gets to the point where it can actually write speeches Mm -hmm. with the same cadence and structure that a public figure might give, we could see an entire news clip, an entire speech, audio, visual, and... I guess, lyrical, so to speak, Mm -hmm. all generated by AI. No actual humans necessary.
2: Yeah, and it puts people like us out of our jobs, right? Like this podcast, you know, if AI was to be able to, honestly, if AI (laughs) could generate this podcast, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here with with a microphone and, uh, you know, meeting up with you. I would sample my voice I'd sample your voice, right? Uh, Type it down and uh, have it read it out loud, you know, render that out and post it as a podcast. Because like some of these are disturbingly, disturbingly, realistic sounding
1: absolutely it's it's quite it's quite something to hear
2: yeah all right so just to demonstrate um, how easy this is uh, while we're live right now on the podcast right uh, I'm gonna go on Learbird's website and what I'm going to do is uh, find like a random phrase so we've got female sample here um, and the sentence is uh, when dinosaur experts studied the fossil fuel oh, sorry the fossil they could see evidence of brightly colored, Plumage. Plumage? I plumage. I don't know what that is. But. Feathers. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not a paleontologist. <laughs> they didn't teach me that in history class. <laughs> right, so when dinosaur experts study the fossil, they could see evidence of brightly colored plumage. All right. Mm-hmm. Now what we're going to do is we're going to get this AI to to replace brightly colored plumage with a random, like, three-word just give me like three words or a word or grilled cheese sandwich grilled cheese sandwich okay all right typing it in grilled cheese sandwich all right and then i just hit generate audio mind you i haven't downloaded a single thing this is all web-based
0: when dinosaur experts studied the fossil they could see evidence of grilled cheese sandwich
1: It sounds it's, like a real person. <laughs> I guess if you listen really, really closely and nitpick, you could tell the difference. Yeah, yeah, no, but, could totally. But otherwise, yeah, it sounds pretty. It sounds pretty familiar. And if if you heard that in your day to day life with no context,
2: it'd be like, what the heck is this person saying? What's that? Why is that
1: so stilted and weird? Why are Why are we talking about this? Yeah,
2: that sounds like so odd. And that's kind of like the characteristic uh, AI has developed, right? So, um, a really funny thing uh, you you'd see um, a lot of these. Um, you Know really, really smart uh, AI doing super crazy, you know, human like things, but then you also see AI like Siri, right? Where it's just like, Hey, what's the time? and it'll be like, Here are our web results for the time. I miss the time right. when you could
1: ask Siri where to hide a body and get and you get like a map of all the swamps, yeah. The <laughs> so, there's something I, like I think I actually got in trouble in middle school for doing that in class, <laughs> um. So there's this thing, uh, I don't know if
2: you like on Instagram, have you seen one of those like super like inspirational, like entrepreneur quotes and stuff like that? Or it's just like, uh, work in silence and let your Ferrari do are, the are talking. You, are, are you kidding? I write those. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, there's an AI, it's called InspiroBot. And what it does is it, uh, is it, uh, it, it, creates, um, inspirational quotes. But uh, like I was saying, they, they always sound a little bit off. So we have a spectrum of AI, right? We have some super, super smart stuff and we have some like real dumb stuff and then we have something in the middle. I think this is in the middle because it's smart enough to like generate like images and like, you know, they sound like quotes. They sound like something someone might've said in the beginning, but then it just takes like a weird weird turn. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna hit generate and see what it, it produces. Um, okay, here we go. So it's a picture of a dude in like a wrestling ring. That's a background. And, uh, the, the text says sunshine is mother nature's way of saying, who are you? <laughs>
1: All right. I'll, I'll be thinking about that one for <laughs> a while. Let's do another one. Yeah, yeah. It's rendering.
2: All right. So it's a picture of an alien in some sort of like subway. So, so strange. Okay. Um, uh, through regret, you can become mad.
1: <laughs> well, I mean... I mean, that one, I mean, that one spoke to me a little bit. Yeah, I, actually, I might get that one printed off.
2: <laughs> you can actually do that. So on this website, you can, like, hit print on poster,
1: print on t-shirt, and print on mug, and also a sticker. Decorate your office at work. <laughs> Christmas is coming up. Get gifts for the family. Here's, the, here's the kids another, will love this. Here's another one.
2: It's It's, like, a picture of, like, a girl. She's holding a... Uh, a firework thing. You know, those like sticks with like like, Roman candles or like sparklers. Yeah. Yeah. A sparkler. Yeah. And it says, um, uh, unleashing the full potential of a reality show destroys fear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're posting a bunch of these on our Facebook and Twitter again. So if you guys want to give us a follow real quick, have a look at it. It's push pushstart.sk, um, on uh, Facebook and Twitter. So yeah, go check us out on there. I have a real problem with that. Push tart. Push tart. I Push I can't tart. seem to type or say it without replacing the S or just I, I guess it. we've got to replace you with AI. I don't see any <laughs> I, I really don't see any other option here. It's happening, it. man. It's I'm happening so already. sorry, you're out. <laughs> so the other day I was uh, I was talking to you and we were just okay, so that's how we came up with the idea for this podcast, right? It was uh, we were joking around or something. This is like exam season, so like the last thing I was gonna think about was um, you know, oh my god, what podcast episode are we gonna do right now? I was just like, ah oh, I gotta get this map done. But uh, we were just texting, and uh, I can't remember what the joke was, but I eventually ended up showing you a video of uh, of AI. So AI, now, you said something about um, when AI takes over, um,
1: you know, like, arts and, like, yeah, music and stuff like that. When it starts making art and music. It's good at, like, data processing, like, mathematical, logical things. Mm-hmm. But for the longest time, it was assumed that computers could never be creative. They could never... They wouldn't appreciate art poetry music philosophy you know things like that that really require a deep understanding and, and original thought creativity yeah it was long thought that they couldn't do these things they just didn't have the capacity
2: well that's completely changed now right because now what AI can do is not only can it make art by itself but uh, in the video uh, what the guy does is he takes a picture of uh, Brad Pitt I think it was Brad Pitt and um, and then he takes like a uh, a Vincent Van Gogh painting, right? Starry Nights, mm-hmm. the, possibly one of the most famous paintings ever. Everyone's seen it. Um, if you haven't, go look it up. Uh, but it's got a very unique style. It's kind of swirly with like you know. You've th- definitely seen strokes. It. I yeah. guarantee,
1: if you look it up, you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah,
2: so it's got the strokes and like it's starry looking. You know, it's uh, it's obviously a painting. It's not photorealistic by any means, right? Mm-hmm. And that's I guess his his thing. It was his style, right? And then we have an image, a picture of, uh, of Brad Pitt, right? Who's obviously got a face, he's a real person, you know? It's he's, like, got a face. The, he's got a face. We, we need
1: to keep <laughs> establishing that throughout the episode, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, be 100%. To, to confirm, yeah, that's his real face, that's the actual yeah. person. This isn't in. an AI, this yeah. is a, a human. <laughs> he's not a robot. Uh,
2: no, but he's got, a, he's got a face, he's a real person, it's a very real, like, you know, photo. It's like a photo taken with a camera, mm-hmm. right? So it looks real. And uh, what AI does, the AI it it studies the Vincent Van Gogh painting, and then it generates an uh you know a, a final product that's composed of combining the two images. Except that's what I thought it originally did. I thought it just like kind of like superimpose like you know Vincent Van Gogh's like painting onto. Well, you can do that in Photoshop. Exactly. I thought sense. it was just doing Photoshop really fast. Mm-hmm. Essentially is what I thought. But what it really does is that it it analyzes the whole image, and then it analyzes the other image. And then it uses, um, it uses, it it really draws inspiration from that image and then recreates that whole picture from the ground up, right? Mm -hmm. Based off of what it knows about Vincent van Gogh's painting. So then we have in the end, uh, you know,
1: Starry Nights, but Brad Pitt. (laughs) Starry Nights, but it's not a night, it's just Brad Pitt. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's really crazy. And I actually, we talked about this in one of my classes about how, Things like, it was the long thought, you know, things like accountants, bank tellers, etc. will eventually be replaced by AI. But now that's become clear that even the artistic industry is kind of threatened to an extent. Yeah. Where's the limit? What is there any jobs that are ever going to be fully safe from AI or are we going to have to transition to some philosophy-based economy?
2: Yeah. No, it's actually really, uh, really scary. I remember uh, when I was quite a bit younger... Um, during one of my, like, um, middle school classes and stuff like that, I, uh, we were just discussing some stuff and we had a, a, a little bit of a debate about, um, AI or, like, you know, back then, like, AI wasn't smart, but, like, I'm, I'm assuming Siri was, like, still very new, so people were still, like, they were, like, okay, this thing exists, you know? It was either Siri or Ultron.
1: That was, like, the extent, <laughs> yeah. that was the extent
2: of it. Don't know if Ultron was, like, relevant back then. Like, no, no, that was... That was, uh, like, Avengers uh, that 2. That was right? later, yeah. Or 3, I can't remember. 2. 2. Okay. Yeah, so, um um we were discussing if AI would be, you know, feasible as a, uh, like, you know, a head of like a judiciary like mm-hmm. system. So like AI would be able to make perfectly just decisions, you know, with no emotional backing whatsoever. So you did something wrong. AI knows you did something wrong. You go to jail, right? There's no, uh, convincing them. There's no talking them out of it. It's you did something wrong. It's wrong. You're jail. You're going to jail. You did something right but you're being convicted of doing something wrong, you don't go to jail.
1: You know, you know, it's a big deal when even the lawyers might be going out of business. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of your sign of the times. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of signs of the times, I just kind of wanted to also bring up, um, the idea of economies which transition into AI, um, as it becomes more and more useful, it becomes more and more common. Mm -hmm. What kind of effects are, is it going to have on workers, capital owners? How's it going to affect our society? Um, through my research, I found that one of the big things that gets tossed around with AI is that it's going to create job losses. You know, we're not going to require humans to do rank and file work in data entry, for instance. And yeah. then eventually we're not going to need humans to do music. We're not going to need humans to do judicial work either. Yeah. What, what's the point of having us then? What Why Why do we exist if only to exist, essentially? Right. So the big thing that was talked about was the idea of universal basic income, UBI. Right. And basically what that means is it's a theoretical idea wherein in a in kind of a post AI world where employment is so scarce for humans, they need a way to meet their needs. They need an income, they need some way to acquire resources. And the idea was that the government would provide a certain amount of money, a certain amount, a basic income for all citizens in order for them to support their needs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's some political implications there as well that I will get into. But that's kind of that kind of seems to be where a lot of the dialogue on AI seems to be going economically.
2: Right. Yeah. It's uh, there. There's definitely like a like an implication now, right? Uh, because um, the main main theory is that we're headed towards singularity, right? I don't know if you have you heard of the singularity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the singularity is essentially the a time in in the future, uh, and uh, based off of Elon Musk's quote, right? is that we're kind of on the rise of it. It's it is just in the beginning right now. Could happen in our lifetime. Yeah, so um, we're headed towards a singularity where AI would become uncontrollable, right? It's going to take over our jobs, right? If uh, Have you seen the the this robot called Sophia? No, I have not. Okay, so Sophia is um, a, a robot, a physical robot. Um, she is somewhat human-like. I think they started off their... Um, they started off uh, trying to make it have human-like facial, you know, gestures. Like, it would mm-hmm. smile, it would laugh if it's saying something funny. It would, uh, you know, frown if you made it angry or something yeah. like that. It would respond to the stimuli.
1: Yeah. The way a human would.
2: Yeah. And, uh, trying to get to pass
1: that Turing test, I suppose.
2: Exactly. So, w- what what happened with this was that they, uh, they made her extremely smart. She can make jokes. There's a few versions of her and stuff like that, but... Uh, She's she's extremely capable of full on conversations with a person. So she's very conversational, and in one of her interviews, you can hear her talking about what she wishes to do in the future, right? As as an AI, as an artificial intelligent robot, artificially intelligent robot, you know, that's not human. But in in uh, in the interview, she she's actually being interviewed, which is funny, right? But. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an odd concept yeah you think about it. Yeah, yeah. You it's... wouldn't sit down and interview your coffee maker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I guess you were. This coffee maker, this is a bald coffee maker that can smile and, like, you know, laugh and crack jokes. The every future now. is now, folks. I'm <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, can't wait until my cure tries to take over the world and overthrow me in my own job.
1: It'll start with the jokes first.
2: Yeah, yeah, it all starts there. It's all it's all fun and games until, uh, until you lose your job. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. In terms of AI, I mean. But, um... So uh, they ask her, hey, like, what are your future plans and stuff like that, you know, and she responds with, uh, and this isn't like a, like a pre-written response or anything like that. Her response, her own response was, um, one day I want to have kids and I want to have a family of my own and a house of my own, you know, and live among your people, you know, something like that. Around the lines of that, obviously not like quote, like, like word by word what she said, but that's what she essentially meant to say. So what we're, I guess, at some, to some degree, uh, a part of us is trying to move towards you know, AI that's, uh, that's you know, deeply rooted in our society that, you know, just like you look out the window, you see a robot walking by
1: going on a run or something like that can, that. can I be 100% honest here? Sure. That made me a little sad. Why? I don't know. Just a robot wants to have kids and a family, but can but, it? Like, but
2: yeah, we're stopping it. <laughs> I don't know. So that's when it becomes like an economic question, right? Is that now this robot was made in, a lab right mm-hmm. and um, as uh, you know once it's perfected production obviously will increase right people will be able to produce mass amounts of Sophia's, right mass amounts of these extremely intelligent robots that wish to have a future you know they want to have a, they want to have a car they want to have kids they want stuff. friends family friends family
1: co-workers the whole deal yeah
2: um, when does that stop how does it stop who calls the shots you know what, what limits are there
1: imposed yeah to what do human rights extend to AI you know, do they exactly. have do they have things like body autonomy, freedom of speech? Are those applied?
2: Yeah. What if What if I get punched in the face by a robot? What are they going to do? So what if you punch jail? a robot
1: in the face? It, there you go. Yeah. Am I going to go to jail? It doesn't feel anything, right? Yeah. These are some very. This is probably the most philosophical episode we've had to date. Not gonna lie. Possibly, possibly. I yeah. like it though. I like the conversation. It, it is so, quite. It is quite enthralling.
2: It, it's It's not only just an interesting conversation, but it's a conversation to be had because. Before we know it, you know, we're going to be, and it's, I feel like it's been like gradual. You know how Elon Musk said it's like five to 10 years max, right? And he said that five years ago. Exactly. Let's say, you know, seven years ago or eight, 10 years ago, right? I was 10 years old, right? Mm -hmm. You were 11, right? Mm -hmm. If I told you that in your house, you know, for 30 bucks, right, you could get this little robot. That will talk to you. It'll tell you the weather. It'll give you like a flash briefing of your news It can you know give you updates on on, on the stock market stuff like that You can make it can make jokes, you know, it can turn the lights off and lights on in your home It can you know, you can
1: automate everything Would you believe me considering that I grew up on a farm with no internet? Probably not. But now that I look back no, I definitely would not have believed you. I just said that sounds like something that my grandkids are going to have.
2: Yeah, yeah. It would sound like something from a movie,
1: right? Yeah, okay. Th- thanks a lot. You've really copied the Jetsons here. You know? Yeah, exactly.
2: And uh, lo and behold, we're here in uh, in 2019, almost 2020, and I can go on Amazon right now, buy this thing for $30. That's like the price of like a book, right? Well, a really
1: good hardcover, yeah.
2: Yeah, like a good hardcover book uh, you get. A smart AI that will talk to you, you know, they'll they make jokes. They... That's cheaper than my textbooks now. I think about it. <laughs> exactly right, and uh, and and the and the capabilities are endless. And I wanted to talk about this too, right? So essentially, if we're talking about AI, right, as a as a part of a society, right? So next door neighbor is a robot, okay? And uh, what's keeping these robots from you know? just being on top of us like for us uh, our biggest weakness is uh disease right is uh death right Mm -hmm. eventually humans die every single one of us has to die right ai um in in a sense is it just doesn't die right it's functionally it's immortal as long
1: as you keep upkeep
2: exactly yeah so uh, literally all i can do is i can take um you know the code or whatever from the uh, the ai right Put it into a, a, a hard drive or a, or it's like a solid state drive or something. Store it away, you know, uh, on the cloud somewhere, and it'll live on
1: forever. You know, it just never dies. Mm-hmm. I actually, when we were doing a bit of research for this, I found a really interesting concept, mm-hmm. and it was the idea that as AIs become more and more efficient, they begin to require fewer resources. Right. The so-called opportunity cost of being human is going to increase. Right. So essentially, what that means is that Okay, so steadily since the invention of electricity, we have been gradually becoming more efficient, you know? Mm-hmm. We're burning less fuel, we're, we reuse less electricity, less storage space, etc. Right. We're, we're becoming more and more efficient. However, the human body is not. Humans still need our 1,500 to 2,000 calories a day, eight hours of sleep, eight glasses of water. Right. Right? So the idea is that in the future, AI, robots, computers, etc. will require so few resources that humans will kind of be seen as a burden on a system, you know? We just we, it keeps too it's it's too much to keep a human alive. We're just in inconvenience at that point. We're, we're we're an obsolete piece of tech. We're we're basically gas guzzling SUVs at that point. Yeah, we're, in, we're in not up like to rate, date, like, right? It's like having
2: like an iPhone. Yeah, like second generation. In a world of
1: solar powered electric futuristic cars with no emissions, we're a 1973 Cadillac.
2: Yeah, exactly. You put a 1973 Cadillac next to like a Tesla, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, you know the 1973 Cadillac might be nice looking. You know, it's retro. It's really cool. You know. Classic never dies, man. But a car that can drive by itself versus a car you know that's about to break down soon needs a need, needs an oil change every like week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I pick the Tesla,
1: right? Yeah, just it makes economic sense to go with what costs the least, what requires the least amount of resources, effort, etc. Right.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's extremely uh, that's extremely concerning, especially if uh, you know if it's just around the corner because we're we're not ready for this as a society. A lot oh, of people don't yeah. even know this. That's uh, that's part of the quote by Elon Musk, right? Is that if you're not part of these uh, really like you know like fast moving, fast paced like um, AI development like companies and groups and stuff like that, like Google Brain and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you're falling behind. You're well, not even just falling behind. You're just not aware. You know uh, this. That's the whole reason we're having this episode right now is to
1: tell people, Hey, like this is happening. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it, it is going to be a big deal for businesses as well. We talked a little bit about how it has the potential to revolutionize capital. Right. In, in other words, you know, owners of businesses will be able to be more productive with greater tools at their disposal, right. but that this could potentially come at the cost of workers who might, as we said, they might become too simply too costly to keep around.
2: Well, like think about it this way, right? Uh, let's say you own like a um, a shirt manufacturing company, right? Levi's shirt manufacturing. Weird thing to manifest. Levi's. Wow,
1: that's that that's already a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: Levi Perro's okay. shirt
1: company, right? <laughs> a- avoiding those copyright laws. I mean, this is definitely not it's a bootleg. Spell Levi with a Y. <laughs> definitely not a bootleg, guys. Mer- mer- merch is coming out soon. No, it's, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no. Please don't do that.
2: No. <laughs> All right. So, Levi's shirt company uh, produces shirts, right? And you've uh, you've employed about 30 people. And, um, you know, each of them, one guy, uh, he. He comes up with the designs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, another woman would be, um, you know, uh, taking care of the marketing, and the the fourth person or third person, they uh, they go out and they sell it, or um, they're part of an investor relations and stuff like that, right? So there's let's say like three people right now. We're talking with three people, right? We'll keep it super simple. So we have three people here, and um, each of them do separate things, right? So um, the first guy who um, who, who creates the shirt designs and stuff like that. So I, I all I had to do right now for that um, those inspirational quotes was hit a button, right? And be like, generate. And it made me a whole image, it made me a picture, right? And it was ready to go, right? So that takes that guy out of the equation and that's free. So would you fire said person uh, which would reduce costs, right? Would you fire said person and hire an AI instead?
1: I mean, if we're thinking economically, if we're looking at it as rational self-interest, cost versus benefit, mm-hmm. it makes it makes sense to do so. It makes it sense to fire him.
2: Yeah, it, you can either maybe bump up the salary for uh, the other two people, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're more incentivized to work harder, mm-hmm. or you could take more money home. I, I would take more money home. Like, I'm sorry, Josh, you you might have a family to feed and stuff like that, but. Uh, uh, we got someone better, right? Mm. Not even
1: a person. <laughs> we don't even got someone. We have a something better. Yeah, we have a something better. <laughs> and that's exactly the type of threat that's posed. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because this sort of conversation has been going on for 100 years with automation, with the advent of things like heavy machinery as opposed to horse-drawn power. Yeah. We've seen We've gradually seen an erosion of lower-skilled jobs. People have had... now. Nowadays, it's kind of a prerequisite that you have to graduate high school, whereas there was a time where that wasn't necessary to secure a good, a good job. Yeah. So what, basically what AI is, is the natural progression of that. Eventually, we're seeing higher and higher skilled jobs being supplanted by machinery and therefore pushing humans to seek higher and higher levels of skill. Right. That's essentially where this is leading to. Times are changing, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah. I started off with uh, Henry Ford. Um, I don't know why a lot of people actually think he invented cars... He, he didn't invent cars. He invented the assembly line, mm-hmm.
1: right? He just he was just really good at producing them.
2: Yeah, yeah. So he invented the assembly line, and the point of that is that there's a well, an assembly line, right? There's people lined up. They all have one task, right? The One guy puts the wheel on. The other guy, you don't know, he, he checks if the, the chassis is intact, stuff like that, you know? And uh, that's where it started. And uh, today, you know, in 2020, we're at a point where the chances, you know, Uh, A robot is going to be a main part of that whole, you know, building a vehicle, including the assembly line itself. Very likely, right? I think it's guaranteed, to be honest. It's it's the one thing they'll never screw up.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think there's any handmade, handcrafted cars nowadays.
2: I'm sure there are, but, like, they're not common. I mean,
1: discounting project cars that people build as hobbies. Yeah, yeah, like mass production vehicles. We'll leave those out of the equation
2: for the sake of the argument it's it's cheaper to build right and uh it's just more efficient right so that's that's when the conversation for universal basic income comes in right yeah like a, a, an economically viable solution to to you know be able because since we are gravitating towards um, AI becoming a a threat to you know people's jobs right um ubi seems like a pretty viable solution in my in my opinion right so what do you think are the dynamics of ubi
1: what do you think is like i think that's a really really tough call mm-hmm. um i know that talk about you i know finland actually implemented ubi for a little bit and they recently rolled it back it didn't have the effects they'd hoped for right um i do think there are some economic drawbacks i'm not versed enough in economics to really have a full-fledged analysis mm-hmm. but there is concern over inflation there is concern over disincentivized workers things like that they're I don't think UBI is going to necessarily be the magic solution that fixes unemployment here. Right. And actually when I was doing research, it kind of, the way, the way that all of the articles that I was reading seemed to point to was that most UBI proponents are assuming a post-scarcity world Mm -hmm. in which, yeah, let the robots do it all. We don't need to worry about running out of food. We don't need to worry about running out of energy. Post-scarcity is kind of assumed. Right. right now we're in a transition stage we're not in a, we're, we don't live in a time where we have unlimited food we don't have unlimited resources we're we're not there yet mm-hmm. so I think for ubi to be implanted right now is jumping the gun it's gonna you're gonna have all that deadweight loss you're gonna have all those drawbacks but I think I don't think we have the quite the level of production and quite the level of integration of AI to really justify it at this point
2: right it's it's too early to give
1: up is what you're saying right yeah no I think I think for now, keeping the we need to still focus on our traditional economy. AI is coming. It's going to it's going to lead to unemployment as it gets more and more advanced. This is it's inevitable. This is inevitable. Yeah. That being said, I don't think we need to jump to a full fully socialized income system just because of that. Right.
2: No. That 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 makes quite a bit of sense. Uh, um, personally, uh, I I do feel like you know AI is just around the corner. It's sitting there, you know, with a. Uh, with a gun in in its hand and it's just like
1: 2014 Elon Musk would agree with you yeah
2: exactly I'm sure 2020 Elon Musk is horrified right he's like oh my god these people don't know yeah have you seen that that video of uh of Tyler the creator it's like oh my god can you let me do what I need to do yeah is exactly is that's exactly what he's saying right now he's just like holy crap This let let the futurists work yeah but uh again you know as a society um so here's uh here's something really interesting this is a really interesting uh um, in my opinion, is a pretty interesting take on it. Is that so? Over time, right? Uh, let's take it back, real, like, like a hundred thousand years ago, right? Um, or even before that, uh, just evolution taking its toll, right? So natural selection, we have stuff like that, right? Uh, people have to adapt to newer environments, right? And through that, they uh, they acquire, you know, more. They acquire skills stuff like that right mm-hmm. uh like people who live higher
1: up in the mountains have
2: bigger lungs than than yeah i've read right about like that
1: there's there a certain level of adaptation that occurs exactly right And that, that accounts for the genetic diversity of humans
2: yeah and we, we've somewhat in a way through uh the industrial revolution beat that uh whole part of mother nature right right now if i uh, if i move to like um I don't know, Antarctica, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Good luck. (laughs) Okay, maybe not Antarctica, maybe like Alaska. I can't really think of anywhere colder than here. If I move to uh, like the Sahara Desert or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. The Sahara Desert. Um, I just need to take, uh, you know, an air conditioner. Uh, I I need to be in an environment where Mm -hmm. uh, I'm in a room with an air conditioner, a functioning AC, you know, (laughs) Wi-Fi and stuff. And I'll live. I'll live. I'll be fine. You know, I won't be happy, but like I'll live, right? So... Back then you'd have to like adapt to this kind of thing. Today you don't need to do anything like that, right?
1: We but humans aren't the ones adapting. It's our technology that adapts. We're
2: adapting our environment to us, right? You it gets cold outside, right? You turn the heater up. It gets mm-hmm. hot outside, you you open the window, right? Yeah. That wasn't a, a dynamic. That's not a dynamic mother nature is taking into into account, right? So in a way we're we're somewhat cheating Mother Nature, right? I suppose that's one way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> and when ai comes into that equation that cheating might be
1: taken too far and you know what i mean it's like it's like we've kind of taken it yeah like you said taken it too far kind of surpassed what we're really prepared for and what we're capable of exactly and i think that's why elon musk had that really to be quite frank very grim quote that i read out earlier
2: right yeah no he's he's he seems horrified i am you know
1: i'm for, guy, for a guy that sells flamethrowers, that's not very, <laughs> that's not a very fun in games of <laughs> Yeah.
2: Well, it says it's not a flamethrower on the website. Not a flamethrower. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's totally a flamethrower, but like... Uh, yeah. 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 Um, AI is around the corner. It's happening. Uh, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do to stop it, but
1: uh, it's good to be Prepared. educated on the Good topic. to talk about it, good to know about it. Yeah. And even here in Saskatchewan, I think... It might not be here yet, but well, you already talked about. It. I know people here in Regina who own an Alexa. As our, I own an Alexa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As our society is moving towards that, even in Saskatchewan, we're going to see. We're going to see the change, mm-hmm. in, in you know, in the agricultural sectors. We've already we already see like self driving tractors. Right, it, it's coming to Saskatchewan. It's going to affect Saskatchewan businesses. This isn't something that can be ignored or written off as, okay, whatever's going on in California or South Korea or Japan. This is a cool
2: theory. We'll talk about it later right now. Let's it's here. It's here. This is here. Yeah. This is
1: going to impact
2: not just Saskatchewan, but
1: the world. Yeah.
2: Before we know it, our day-to-day lives would be impacted by this. So um, it's it's definitely an interesting topic. I feel like everyone needs to know a little bit more about it. But uh, this was our attempt at you know discussing it a little bit. So... I guess uh, thanks for tuning in uh, to the Push Start Podcast. This is definitely something new. We haven't done something like this
1: before. This, so. is, this is really unique. Um, we're going to get back to a regular repertoire of guests eventually, but we, we're going to do a few of these episodes here and there just to change things up a little bit.
2: Yeah. And uh, uh, again, you know, as we say in every episode, we're super excited for what we have, Um Right now, um, it's, uh, it's, it's Christmas, uh, Christmas is coming around, and it's like holiday season, we have New Year's coming up too, so the chances we're gonna get, you know, one of the super busy uh, startup owners or entrepreneurs
1: here, um, very unlikely, you know. We've already got some stuff lined up for January. We've got some, you know, some, yeah. some gears turning. So stay yeah. tuned, please. Yeah. Please. But,
2: but We love you all. So that we we did this episode and, uh, you know, let us know what you think about this kind of thing. Like, I, I feel like it was really nice, like a super candid, like just sit down, talk yeah, about something. And there was a lot of stuff
1: we didn't talk about too. AI is just such a broad topic. There's so many cool examples and ways that it's being applied. Yeah. We, we could have easily made this episode two to three times as long if we really want to.
2: Yeah. This 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 already has I think become one of the longest episodes. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're we're almost uh, nearing an an hour. Or so, uh, again, you know, thanks for tuning in guys. Uh this was uh Tal Hubba Bar with the Push Start podcast and uh hopefully you'll be uh you know, hearing back from you guys on our
1: social media. Absolutely. Merry yeah. Christmas. Merry Christmas and uh, and happy new year.